Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Gateway for awakening. 
It's not something to get rid of. Rather, the way we pay attention to self-aversion is actually the ground of the past. Start to 
Wish them well when they don't know you're looking at them. Wish them well. Bless them when they don't know you're seeing them. And you find in a matter of a few days, your heart will become clean. Your spirit will become clean. And you'll be making history because we're in the midst of history right now. And what this time is asking all of us is a return to source, is a return to our divinity, is a return to our goodness. doesn't matter if you're black, white, rich, poor. This virus has no prejudice. The only prejudice it has is if you keep yourself clean. <laughs> it stays away from you. That's basically the only thing if you just don't put your hands in your mouth, in your nose, in your eyes. And I think research says the average person in America touches their face at least 10,000 times a day. That's a lot of times. It's a lot of opportunities for COVID to somehow find its way somewhere in our system. So please know that prayer is needed now. Meditation is needed now. Reading poems of inspirations, songs, things that will send in the ethers the vibrations of sacredness. We started a new campaign called At Home Meditation and Prayer Challenge. While we're home, we do a meditation or prayer or a poem or a mantra or a song. And the intention behind doing that is to really advocate and promote in the atmosphere and in our own beings sacredness, bliss, divinity, goodness, purity of spirit, so that that vibration can remove the fear and the vibration of corona. It's just we've got to raise our energies and our thought process so much higher that it goes beyond all of that. And we've been through so many things historically, but never has it been that the whole world is experiencing the same thing at the same time. I got a message that India is locking down, which is big for us in India because we're one billion people over there. In Iran, to all of our Iranian listeners, please I know it's your Iranian New Year. I know it's a special, auspicious time. Please do everything virtual. Let's just remember that it's okay if we have to pause from each other for a little bit. It just means to pay attention to the self, to really turn inwards, and to reconnect your deeper link to Source. It feels very clear to me. And I want to give a big shout-out to my friends, Marianne Williamson, Reverend Sylvia Sumter, from Unity of Washington, D.C., Michael Beckwith from Agape, Ian Levansant, Allison Stoner, and Marla Maples, everyone who has taken on board the meditations and prayers every day, posting it on their social media, and letting their platforms and people within their platforms hold those few minutes of sacred connection. Let us expand that, and let us not be shy to invite the energy of the divine now. In the same way that this virus came somewhere in the ethers, right? And the symptoms came to prove that something's not right. And then it reached a point that lives would be taken. In the same way I feel that God is here, and the symptoms are we're becoming purer, more peaceful, more loving, more kinder, more generous, and... The result of that is the vibrations of that begin to help one another, work with one another, uplift one another, and it is making a shift and a change in the atmosphere. So let's imagine that the energy of the divine is here, and we are now 
showing the symptoms of that, and that is revealing the power of the character, the beauty of the character. Speaking about character, today we have a very special guest. Dr. E. Faye Williams, Esquire, is the National President of the National Congress of Black Women, Inc. She was appointed by President Barack Obama to the Presidential Scholars Commission, and she presently hosts Wake Up and Stay Woke on one of my favorite, favorite public radio stations that we donate to a lot, WPFW-FM 89.3. She studied at numerous universities and holds a BS degree in speech and dramatic arts, Master's and Ph.D. in Public Administration, Administration and Supervision Credentials, Jurist, Doctorate, and Doctor of Ministry. She also has an Honorary Doctorate in Theology and is a Minister of Greater Works Christian Church of Suitland, Maryland. Dr. Williams was inducted into the History Makers, and she's a member of the Grambling University Hall of Fame, and she has received the prestigious NAACP Presidential Legacy Award along with numerous awards for peace, justice, and human rights. Dr. Williams has been recognized as one of Ebenezer Magazine's 100 Most Influential Black Americans and Power 150. She's author of four books, one of which is entitled The Peace Terrorist, The Chronicles, Her 40-Day Peace Mission in the Middle East, and her most recent book is entitled The Truth, I'll Set You Free. She's appeared on numerous radio television programs, including BET, CBS, CNN, Good Morning, American More. Today, it's my honor to welcome Dr. E. Faye Williams to America Meditating Radio. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored in just listening to all of your advice. I'm feeling better, and I'm going to do that 60 second of inner peace every hour from now on. Thank you, Dr. Williams. Traffic control, I've realized, is what we call it because we stay so busy mentally and physically that we forget to nurture the self. And one of the things I've been telling families, now that the kids are home, play this game with them. Just tell them traffic control and let everyone just send peace to each other in the family and to the neighborhood and to the world. And it has been doing wonders. So I want to know, how are you? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you hunkered down? I am, and I'm one of those who's blessed to have my office just across the street from my home so if there is something I really need, because, you know, we still work, I can just walk across the street, get it, and come back to my home. We had the misfortune of having a flood in November, so I'm not full-time in the office, but I am able to stay at home, and I have a setup here to work. But I do try to rest because I know that this is extra stress. More people call on you to do things, to say things, to help them in one way. Sometimes as soon as I wake up in the morning... Someone is calling. They need to go to the bank. They need to go to the drugstore or what have you. And I try to keep my health so that I can help them. That's so good to know. Now, I know you're a woman of faith, and I would love if you could share with me what have been your private, deeper thoughts about what you're witnessing in these times, one, and just what you're witnessing from people. Well, one of the things I see is that People are becoming better. Just this short time that we've been experiencing this virus, I think it's bringing out the best of so many people. There are those who so often feel that they have to control everything. They're now learning a lesson that we're all dependent upon each other all over the world. And for the most part, it seems that we're 
seeing cooperation and the best of humanity. And I just hope that once this virus is over, this feeling will continue. We'll continue to know that we are dependent upon one another and that we have many things in common. And if we would forget all the negatives and just try to concentrate on the positive, we'd have a better world. Mm, Beautiful. Well said. I, too, I've been getting a little bit of more rest than I'm accustomed to, and I'm glad about that. It's not something that I've ever liked doing. (laughs) I usually work till midnight and after if there's something that still has to be done. And I know all the people who ask me to do things continue to say, oh, you've got to get some rest. But before you do it, would you do this or would you do that for me? You know, <laughs> So you really do have to have your own traffic control there and decide at some point that your body does need some rest, your mind needs resting so that you can continue to be of help to those who need it. Exactly. So in a way, I've had to kind of shift the way that I do our shows and our conversations because the times have changed so rapidly. And as much as I know that we need to share what we're doing and how we're doing and our accomplishments, sometimes it feels like it's not as important. But yet, let's talk about where I am right now and what do I think I need to do for my future and for the future of humanity. And I'd like to start our conversation in that place because I know you're an accomplished attorney, businesswoman, minister, teacher, author, activist for peace, human rights. Where are you right now as a soul in this beautiful drama? And what thoughts have you been catching from above that you feel is your next move for the future? And has anything about what you've been doing so far in you starting to change that you're like, I don't need to do this anymore? Absolutely. That's probably the key thing that I have said, that I would be able to help others a lot more If I thought Mm -hmm. about taking care of myself first, sometimes we are running here and there and thinking we are super women, super men, and we can do everything. But But we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are, you know. In fact, there's an African proverb that says, it is the women who hold the sky up. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. most of us try to hold that sky up, but one of the things I'm learning now is that I don't have to hold it up by myself. It's my responsibility to help to bring out the best in others so that we can hold it up together. That's beautiful. So any plans in the future for you that has started to come to you in your thoughts? Like for me, I've been thinking definitely more of just self-care, but also deepening our collective connection to source because I feel that we've moved so far away from the divine that we ended up in this situation as a result of our choices. And it's now taken all of us to our own selves in our own little corners, and it's basically saying, look at yourself. Look at where you've come. What do you think I need you to remember who you are? So I'm feeling like more and more my conversation and narrative is focused on that. Can you tell me some of the things that you might be feeling too that is more projecting in towards your vision than a past? Yes. Well, you know, many things don't go the way that we would like for them to go, but if we believe Mm -hmm. that all things happen for a reason, then we can accept something good 
and I just believe that faith is always believing something better may be in store for me. You know, I may be having a bad day today, but this is just one day in my life, and that it's up to me to help to make it better, to do something better, whether it's doing something for myself or for others. And I try to have faith every day. With that faith, I can learn to have complete trust, confidence in something without immediate proof. No matter how current things look to me, I just know it's going to be better. And I know that there's a lot of fear in the world right now. And whenever there's something that seems scary, I do research and I try to learn as much as I can about it. I try not to Mm -hmm. dwell on the negatives. I like to find the good and praise it. And I ask myself things like, what is the worst thing that can happen if I do one thing or the other? And then I look at the bright side and ask, what good can come from whatever it is that I'm tempted to fear? And this situation is trying to perfect itself. We're a long way from it, and even though we've had some setbacks over the past three and a half years where there's been a lot of negative coming from the top, we always believe in a way forward when we've worked together to solve our problems. And so I pray every day. You used to say, well, you pray when you get up in the morning or you pray when you go to bed at night. But I pray each day, all day, for God to keep my mind focused on positive things and help me to forgive and not hold on to any thoughts of getting even with anybody who's caused me to be fearful or to be upset or angry. I try to focus on courage and to do those things that I should do every day, no matter what. Beautiful. So let's talk about the National Congress of Black Women. For those of us who might not know much about it, what's its mission and vision? Well, we are a service organization made up mainly of black women, although we do have other women, particularly on the West Coast and in Florida, where we have a lot of Hispanic women who join our organization, too. We were founded a little over 35 years ago by Dr. C. Dolores Tucker, who had served as the first black woman to become Secretary of State in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And our first chairperson was Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm, who I love so much. She's well known for running for President of the United Mm -hmm. States and declaring that she was unbought and unbossed. And I take a lot of my courage from her. I believe she lived up to that. She didn't allow anything to take her away from what her mission was, to help people to lead a better life. She was a mentor to so many. I can hear women of all colors and all ethnic groups talking about Shirley Chisholm having been a mentor. I know she was my mentor, and I've tried to be like her. And I think it's important for all of us to choose somebody that we can look up to and say, I want to be like her and even exceed what that person is doing. We in the National Congress of Black Women are selective about the issues we support. Sometimes there are nonprofit groups that will just take money from anybody to operate their programs. We don't take money from groups if we disagree with what they're doing, such as how they treat their employees. We have chapters throughout the country. Our members are volunteers, and they take on all kinds of challenges in their communities. We assist people during, say, floods and hurricanes and fires and those in need of scholarships, and whatever it is, we try to be there for them. So we are a service organization with chapters in cities all across this country. And we often help with tragedies in other countries, too, where there have been hurricanes, tornadoes, etc., where children are being forced to work to slave conditions, like in the cocoa fields and those kinds of things. We don't limit it to one thing and say, this is our mission. Our mission is very broad. It is to be of help wherever we can, whenever we can. Beautiful mission. So where would you say we are today in the 
I wouldn't say fight, but in the uprising of our equal rights as women. Well, I'm glad you asked that. I've been one of the lead spokespersons on the Equal Rights Amendment for Women. And again, you know, it's the women who hold the sky up. I have no idea why we are sometimes put in a status that is below men. I believe that women could do more if we had equal rights in our Constitution. Most people don't know that women do not have equal rights in our Constitution. We just kind of function and think that we have equal rights. We're close to getting that in our Constitution. We have the requisite number of states voting for the Equal Rights Amendment, but we still have some things that we have to do. There's so many times when someone says, oh, that's not a woman's job, just like people have said, black people can't do that. Even in sports, we've heard black men could not lead teams or what have you, and yet they've shown so much talent. Well, we do all the things that they say we can't do. We're learning and we're persisting now. And I believe that the Equal Rights Amendment would serve to end the belief that in this country and in the world that women cannot be president, for instance. The world in other places is leading us. We've not yet had a woman, but there are other places that have had women as presidents, and they've done a great job. You know, the singer James Brown made a song that said, this is a man's world. But it wouldn't be mm-hmm. nothing without I a woman or a girl. <laughs> that is true. So we might as well keep persisting until we get those equal rights under law. Yes. I think what has happened is our empathy and nurturing abilities accommodated a lot of the pushback over the years. And this is my interpretation, that I feel that when men weren't living up to the financial responsibility of the home, it was natural for a woman to go out and get a job on the side, to cook and sell the food, to just make the family have food on the table. But then imagine thousands of years pass. We're still doing it. We're still having the kids. We're still fulfilling his rights. And he's not doing much anymore. But yet he still gets higher pay. And he still is the man of the house, and he's still getting the credibility. So in many cases, I felt that when a woman starts to wake up within herself and say, that's enough, which is what has happened with women today, and she's also building her self-esteem, her self-worth, and her dignity, that eventually all of that combined together starts to iron out the equation. And the men begin to recognize, I really haven't been doing much They've been really Mm -hmm. carrying the load here. Maybe we do need to share more of this and hand it over. So it's two sides, but I'll have to tell you, I think it's just our empathy and ability of nurturing that has allowed it to happen. What do they call it? Like we've enabled it to happen for so long. And now that this generation and the generation before looks at this and say, that's crazy, Ma, you can't do that. And we're like, what is she talking about? Girl, you can't say like that. And then you're realizing she might be right. I don't need to do that, especially if he's behaving like this. Well, one of the things we are seeing now is that there are more men who understand that women Mm. need to be treated better in this country. Well, first of all, men have daughters. They have spouses in many cases. They have other relatives and friends. They see that while the men have been able to concentrate on their careers and earn more money, get more money for retirement, The women have had to, as you said earlier, help to support the family, plus 
do the things at home to take care of the family at home. So they have not had as much time to concentrate on their careers as men have while women are doing all of it. It's said that Ginger Rogers had to dance and do everything, but she had to back up and do it in heels, sort of the way (laughs) women have been, you know. We've had double duties, and in many cases we still have, because so often I see men who can just come home, sit in the lazy boy or the easy chair, and that's where he stays until dinner is served. Well, who cooks the dinner? It's generally the woman in the family. So I hope that more men will wake up and see that they have a need to help women gain equal rights. Me too. So we hear a lot about diversity these days. Would you say that we have achieved a respectable amount of diversity, and how does that help us to have a better world? Well, diversity recognizes and fairly treats and incorporates everyone, whether it's race, age, gender, ability, religion, philosophy, socioeconomics. Many people think it's just men versus women or blacks versus white or some other ethnic group, but it's not. It's all of those classifications that make up who we are and should be recognized and included in decisions. Now, we hear a lot about diversity these days, and sometimes our laws recognize diversity. Have we achieved a respectable amount of diversity, and do we as individuals do all that we can to be inclusive? Well, we've made some progress, but we're not there yet. We've still got a lot of work to do. Our nation and our world are diverse, and I think we're better for it. In certain areas of work, we have achieved a certain amount of diversity because women and other groups have persisted and have proven themselves capable of doing many things. I know we hear about, for instance, Katherine Johnson, but years went by before we even heard the name Katherine Johnson, and she played such a big role in the space age. Mm -hmm. We've got to do our research, and as women in particular, I think we ought to be out there talking about women and what they do, what they have done, so that people are more aware of it. And it was called hidden figures, I believe. And so when our nation and world are diverse in many places, many people have come ahead of others. But when people get to know each other and they'll learn to get along and are often surprised about the goodness and the capabilities of others who aren't exactly like them, they learn Mm -hmm. that all the myths they've learned about others are just simply not true. I'm always interested in the impact others have on me and what I learn from them and they from me. I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm always wanting to be perfecting myself. And I learn from others, while they may do things a different way from what I do, but their way is just as good as the way that I do it sometimes. And I've been blessed to be able to travel all over the world, meet all kinds of people. And, you know, we'll say, oh, well, Queen Noor had this or did that. She was just a human being. I met her. She's wonderful. She was so helpful in her country has done mm-hmm. so many things. I've heard of Amnasa among the Palestinians who's done so much to help not just women but all of the world. The First Lady of Greece, Margarita Papandrea. You just look around you and you see Ellen Johnson Sirleaf who ran the country of, yes. of Liberia, helped it to come back to life. Yes. There's so many people of diverse backgrounds who are doing great things. And I think we ought to recognize it, read more, brag about it, let other people know what they're doing. And I think that would be helpful to increase diversity in our appreciation of one another. Beautiful. Well said. So what have you noticed is a difference between women of today, let's say the young girls in their 20s, versus back in your day or even back in your parents' days? 
what have you noticed has been a significant difference in the two generations or three generations of women? Well, I see there's some very, very bright young women, and I have to say that because I was on the President Obama Scholarship Commission, and some of the great things that some of those young women are doing is just unbelievable. Some of them maybe whose mother had passed on, and at a very early age they have to take care of their entire family. But I think it was more prevalent when I was growing up. My family always had great expectations of me, first of all, and many of them rely on me, and I try never to disappoint them. I think we had to take on more responsibilities when I was growing up than young people generally have to do today. We didn't have all the social services. We didn't have the counselors to help us. We kind of had to grow up pretty fast. And I think when some of my family members, for example, call on me to solve challenges, they know that they can turn to me because God has blessed me to be able to have come up with a solution and to learn a lot of things at an early age. My mother had nine children. And when we were small, we lived on a farm. All of us had to work from four or five years old up. We generally had to finish our work, and we had to help each other. We had to help the neighbors do their work. So as soon as we were finished, my mother would tell us, we have to help our neighbors. And I think that may be one of the things that we're missing among so many young people is seeing that responsibility to help those around us because sometimes young people are so busy trying to get ahead that they forget to bring people along with them. So whenever there's a problem in our community, my mother generally led the effort as to how to fix the problem, and she involved her children in some way. When there are nine of you, as we were, the older children had to help the younger children. I don't always see that today. Each of us had a different talent, and whatever that talent was, we were required to perform, whether it was calming our little sister's hair, whether it was sewing mm-hmm. something, cooking, knitting, crocheting, whatever, I think we had to take more responsibility than I see a lot of young people taking today. Amazing, isn't it? So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are with what we're going through with COVID-19 and churches not being opened, synagogues, mosques, places of prayer. What do you feel well, that means? You know, as bad as the virus has become, I think it's bringing out the best of many people And those who so often feel they have to control everything are learning the lesson that we're all dependent upon each other all over the world. And for the most part, it seems that we're seeing cooperation in the best of humanity. And I think we're seeing that we're all vulnerable and reliant on one another. I think some churches are rising to the occasion by changing the way they operate. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be in that building in order to have church. I see church services online as I look at my computer. I see messages coming out on emails to kind of calm people from all the stress and all the changes in their lives. And I think church can still fortify us during these days when we see those services, we see those messages. We can be reminded of God's plan for us, and we can hear stories about the goodness of people. There are a lot of stories in the Bible about people overcoming in some of the worst circumstances, which I guess we kind of have now. But people can Mm -hmm. be reminded of how God can lift us up above any challenge because there is so much that's going on. So I hope all ministers will see a way to still communicate with their people. If they don't have computers and that's the way they're having their service, then have another brief service for people who you may just call on the telephone, have a telephone conference call. But there are ways to help one another. I think we need to be reminded, particularly those of us of faith, 
because as my friend Dick Gregory used to always say, mm-hmm. God and fear do not occupy the same space. So we can get that message and get that feeling strengthened for us that whatever is going on now, God is in charge. And if we mm-hmm. keep on hearing that message, we can believe it and not be as fearful as we might be if we didn't have those messages. I know I've been reading books, for instance. Right now I'm reading one called The Power of Praying Through Fear by Stormy Omarshan. I'm reading another book, on The Holy Spirit Power. I mean, I just go to my shelf and pull books out and read a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one, and I get messages from them that reminds me God and fear do not occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. You've done four books so far. There's one that is your most recent, The Truth Shall Set You Free. Could you give us an idea of what the book was about and why you wrote it? Well, about 12 years ago, there was a young woman, a young black woman, who started a wire service by the name of Hazel Trice Edney. And she asked me if I would write. It's a weekly writing that's required of me. In 12 years, I have not missed a day of writing my opinion on something that's going on. I continue to write every week. I'm a journalist, I guess you can say, and I feel that there are many people who need help with thinking about an issue of what they can do, and I try to end all of my articles with something you can do to help in this situation. And I just take those articles and I put them together into that book. I have others that I plan to put into another book later so that they're always current, that there's advice. You can always look to my article to think of something you can do, no Mm. matter what it is, whether it's calling your senator to ask them to do something or whether it's calling a friend to pray with, whatever. I try to give something in action, you know, because many times people are just wondering, what can I do about this? They want to do something, but they don't know what to do. And I try to offer something that they can do each week. Beautiful. So before we close, tell us about the radio show that you host called Wake Up and Stay Woke. Well, it's called Wake Up and Stay Woke, as you said. I've been doing it for a little over a year now, and it's dedicated to my good friend Dick Gregory, who people around the world may know. He passed away a couple of years ago, and I was in the room at the time he was ill in the hospital. And on the day that he passed away, that was one of the pieces of advice he gave us about what was going on in Charlottesville. We were looking at television as we gathered in his room, and he wasn't speaking very much, but he did tell us to wake up and stay woke. In other words, understand what this is all about, understand what you can do about it. And the program can be heard around the world on WPFW-FM 89.3. And one of the good things about it is that it's archived, so it can be heard later if people are not available at the time that it's run live. And I try to bring on people who are doing wonderful things that help more than just themselves. Lovely. So as we do a close of our wonderful conversation, could I ask you to leave us with a prayer? Yes. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity for all of us to be together, even though we are apart in many ways. But I think in thought that we are together, that we know all of us have to be better All of us need to be trying to help one another, that we're all reliant upon a God that made all of us. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you for the doctors and nurses and all the healthcare people who are working to make things better, to find the answers. We know that you are in the mix of this, 
and you will make it possible, Lord God. Lord, let us not look upon this as a punishment for what is going on, but an opportunity for us to learn and to be better people and to know that we must rely on you for all that we are, all that we have, all that we give, and all that we receive. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Leave us with the best website to get in touch with you. It's www.nationalcongressbw.org. The BW is for black women. Dr. Faye Williams, thank you so much. After all of this is over, I would love to invite you to be our honored guest at the Meditation Museum to talk more about the role of women today and our opportunity to keep rising up. All right, and thank you for what you're doing. I've so enjoyed being Mm. with you today. Me too. I listen to you on my computer. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Please continue. And, of course, WPFW is one of my favorites, too, so I've heard your show, too. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Take care. You Mm -hmm. too. Bye-bye. Lovely Dr. E. Faye Williams, educated, empowered, driven, motivated. So contact her for more information at nationalcongressbw.org if you'd like to have a talk with her. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same. I'm going to end the show with a silent meditation, or a meditation on silence, rather. And please remember to do your traffic control. Pause every hour and hour, you and your family members. Generate peace in the house, peace in the workplace, peace in your apartment, and send your peace to your city, your state, your country, and your world. You can do it. (laughs) Here's silence. Off to work. Meditation. And oldie but goodie. Take care. Om Shanti. This mantra, Om Shanti, I, the soul, am peaceful, reminds me that today I will be quiet. Today, I will spend the day as silent as possible. Silence isn't an absence of speech. It is an absence of waste and negative thoughts. So when I interact with everyone, I will come from a deep, pure place of silence. And with every step that I take, I will carry peace, power, and the love for silence.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.